What's up, everybody? Perry Aston here, co-founder of the Unwrap Sports Network, asking you to check us out on Sportscaster, the host of this podcast, as well as many other Unwrap Sports Network members from across the entire country, are streaming live on Sportscaster. You can live chat with your host, even send them virtual gifts and tips to keep them churning out the best content that you love. So head on over to sportscaster.com slash unwrapped. That's sportscaster, S-P-O-R-T-S-C-A-S-T-R. Or download the Sportscaster iPhone app and tune into the entire Unwrapped Sports Network live on Sportscaster. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Unwrapped podcast. I'm your host, one half of your host, Chuck. Jordan isn't here today. He's still dealing with his ankle surgery. And we are joined by my guest, Sam Sinclair, from the Circle City Podcast. Sam, how you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Thanks for letting me come on. You No problem. So you're my first guest on my first episode for NBA Unwrapped. And we're going to do a special one. We're going to do the top 15 players in the NBA uh, so far this season, and including injuries. So that basically means Steph Curry, for instance, is off our list. I mean, unless something crazy is on your list, Sam. Mm-mm. Nope. All right. So I, I guess the way we agreed we're going to break it down, right, is uh, we'll do 5 through 10, then uh, 9 through 5, basically, and then the last four, right? Yeah, like 15 to 10, yeah, first. All right. We'll have people wait for our top five. Yeah. We'll have them on the edge of their seats. Um, I'll let you go first. So I haven't been able to hold, watch a whole lot of basketball early on, um, but I've been able to see some. So my top, from 15 to 10, I've got Pascal Siakam at 15. That's your guy, of course. And I've got Ben Simmons, Nikola Jokic, guy that's returning from injury, and Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and Jimmy Butler. And basically, how I, how I did my top 15 list was, your overall impact of the game, so both ends of the court. So if you are an elite offensive player like James Harden, but you're a terrible defender, obviously he's going to be a little bit lower on my list than anyone else. That's kind of why I have like Pascal Siakam at 15. He's been so great for the Toronto Raptors, who have been a pleasant surprise early on this year. Um, Jimmy Butler has been a very nice surprise for the Miami Heat, along with Kendrick Nunn and all them guys. That's also the reason why I have Nikola Jokic at 13, because he's a terrible defender. He hasn't looked absolutely great this year. He's been very out of shape. Um, and, of course, Ben Simmons at 14. He can't shoot the ball. So that's why I don't have him. He could easily be a top 10, top 5 player for me, but he can't shoot the ball. And mm-hmm. that's kind of that's how I stack up 15 to 10 on my side. How about you? Um, so I can already tell I think our mindsets are a little bit different in the way we, that we did it. Um because I definitely looked a lot at stats and also overall impact is, is weighed into it. Um, and I kind of did a little bit of like, you know, looking ahead, like who will keep it up and, you know, who's more likely to fall off. Um, so that's kind of like how my list is made. So so my first five, first of all, I have a tie at 15 because um, I really just could not pick who to put at 15. But it's uh, Andre Drummond and D'Angelo Russell at 15. Um, Andrew Wiggins at 14. Donovan Mitchell, 13. Devin Booker, 12. 
Siakam 11, and I put Cat at 10. Andrew Wiggins um, is a bit surprised for me, actually. Yeah, so... I know so he's I'll been go, playing good, so... Yeah, so I'll go into it. So the, the D-Lo and, and uh, Andre Drummond, for Drummond, it's just the Pistons, um, not a very good team. They're still waiting for Blake to to come back. Actually, he might have came back, but I, I'm pretty sure he's only played like a game or two. Um, but he, you know, he's been the lone bright spot so far. I wouldn't say the lone bright spot. Derek Rose has kind of been a bright spot for them. Um, but he's been the best player for them on uh, so far, which has been a below average season. He's averaging 20 points per game and 17 rebounds, which is pretty ridiculous. Uh, he had like four games straight with 20 rebounds or more um, already in the season, which is really, really, you know, good. Um, he's a good defender, and it seems that his offense has actually stepped up, which used to be the weak part of his game. He was always good off the glass. Um, D'Lo, obviously he's on a bad team right now. Um, I say right now because I don't really know if that team will turn around or what, depending on the future. But, you know, they lost Curry. He had to step into that role, and he's working with all these other young guys um, and Draymond Green, basically. And he's at, he's still averaging 26 points per game and seven assists with Jordan Poole and Glenn Robinson. Um, he's shooting 45%, and he's shooting 37% from three. So that's all decent um, averages for, you know, D'Lo right there. Um, Andrew Wiggins is having the best season of his career um, by far. He's also averaging 26 points per game. He's shooting 47% from the field. So that was the big problem with Andrew Wiggins in previous seasons is his efficiency was terrible. And now it's decent, and he's shooting 36% from three, which is the highest he's ever shot. So Andrew well, he Wiggins— out, he, cut out, he cut out all the long twos from his game, didn't he? Because I remember I saw something that he's shooting like only 21%. Uh, from like the mid-range area this year so far, and obviously sample size isn't much, but it's like it's dropped in half from yep. his previous years. Yeah, he yeah basically he was like a Demar Derozan type almost shooting a lot of mid-range shots, and yeah he's taken far less um, of those this season, and it seemed to help him out. Um, Donovan Mitchell thirteen, he's kind of been going under the radar. Uh, he's averaging 25 points per game. He's shooting 48% from the field. And he also uh, has five rebounds, four assists on the season, or averaging for the season. Um, so he does a little bit of everything. And the Jazz are a really good defensive team. And he's a big part of that. And everyone kind of knew that Donovan Mitchell's stats would probably go up when he didn't have to be the primary ball, ball handler and Mike Connolly came in. And that seems to be the case. Um and it's the same case for the next guy, number 12, Devin Booker, with Ricky Rubio being there and him not having to handle the ball and be the primary ball handler anymore. He's averaging 25 points per game. Um, that's actually gone up and down within the past couple of games. It was 26 the other day. And he is super, super efficient. I almost wanted to put him a higher, um, higher on the list just for his uh, efficiency right now. He's, in the, he's shooting 54% from the field, 51% from three, and 93% from the free throw line. So he could be in the, you know, if he kept that up, I'm pretty sure that the three-point percentage or the field goal percentage will drop. Um, but he could finish in the 50-40-90 club at the end of the season, which is, you know, obviously really good. That's an exclusive club. Um, 
Pascal Siakam, for all the things that you said, 27 points per game, nine rebounds, 49% from the field, 37% from three, which is about where he's been at um, the last couple seasons. And he's a really good defender. He has a defensive net rating of 99.9. I just love what he does on both sides of the ball. And he's, I mean, he's honestly, because of the team that he's on and, you know, the situation surrounding the Raptors, um, he's really stepped up into that role, filling the shoes of Kawhi um, after he left for the Clippers. And he's, some people are already saying he's an MVP candidate, and I could see it if he keeps it up and if the Raptors finish way beyond expectations, which they've already surpassed a lot of expectations. Um, And then number 10, like I said, Carl Anthony Towns, Another guy that's already been talking about for MVP candidate candidacy, he's got 26 points per game, 48% from the field, and 12 rebounds. He's shooting 40% from three, which is crazy for a big man, and he's attempting 3.3 attempts per game, um, which is a lot more than some other people can say, like, for instance, Ben Simmons, who's on your list. Um, so Cat is having a really good start to the season, and him and Andrew Wiggins playing – Great together like this is only a good sign for the Timberwolves. Yeah, you have uh, Donovan Mitchell on your list. That's actually someone I wanted to put on my list, but I was just very tempted. I didn't actually put him on my list. Him and Rudy Gobert were two guys that, if we extend this out to like top twenty, I would definitely have them two on the on the list. Uh-huh. Uh, I know, like you said, Utah has been a very good team early on this year. Um, I'm surprised. I, I know I put Pascal at 15. I know you probably would have him in your top 15. I was a little surprised you had him up a little bit higher than I did. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of your, your list looks. Um, but, yeah, Andrew Wiggins, like you said, he's been playing a lot better this year. I don't know if he's a top 15 NBA player right now. Um, but, yeah, if he keeps this up, I mean, he was Maple Jordan coming out of college, and everyone called him the you know, greatest basketball player from Canada. So, Maybe he's one of those late bloomers in the NBA to where, you know, he finally finds his game. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I weighed a lot of what has already happened in these first, uh, you know, 10 games or nine games, whatever every team has played. Um, and he's been playing really well. If I pro- I probably should have weighed in a little bit more of, of do I think he could keep it up. I don't really know. I think Andrew Wiggins will have a drop-off. I still think he's going to finish around like 23 points per game. Um, and I, I really think his efficiency has actually gone up and he's going to, he's going to stay put at that. Um, well, he could be in the running for most approved player then if he keeps those up. Yeah, it, for sure. And, but you know, I, I could definitely see if we do this again in a few weeks, you know, him already being out of the top 15 and somebody else being in there, like maybe Simmons or, or Jokic, but uh, that's who I have right now as of now. So you want to move on to the top, inside the top 10? Yeah. I actually just changed mine real fast. So number nine, I've got Trey Young. And then number eight, I got the guy that he got traded for in Luka Doncic. And then number okay. seven, I've got Kyrie Irving and Joel Embiid and then James Hart at number five. And basically, Trey Young's been the talk of basically all of social media. It seems like the first couple of weeks, it seems like every time he plays, he does something so crazy and... If he keep if they keep this up, the Hawks, I could see him sneaking into the playoffs late in the year. Um, and then uh, Luka Doncic, of course, number eight, just one step above him. Guys averaging almost a triple double. I mean, that's just insane. 
His efficiency is really high, of course. Him and Christoph Sporzinga has been playing real well early on this year. Kyrie Irving and Nets haven't been doing great this year, but Kyrie's a superstar. Um, they're without KD, of course. Uh, they're still trying to put the team together and everything like that. And at number six, Joel Embiid. Um, mostly put him up there at number six because of that good fight he had against Carl Anthony Towns. But, I mean, he's been he's just a 27-12 and 12 guy every night. And he's probably, uh, if you're talking about centers at least, not power forwards, he's probably my number one center in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's just basically, oh, yeah, and James Harden. Of course, James Harden. If he averages 40 this year, I would not be surprised at all. I know my Pacers play him um, Friday night, tomorrow night, which will be a tall task. But, yeah, that's just how my top nine to five go. What about you? Um, so I'm already going to say I, I left Joel Embiid out of my top 15. Um, I wanted to put him in there. I wanted to put him in there. But just going off this, you know, what is, you know, so far this season, he's already missed a few games. Um, with some sort of ankle injury, and that's my big. That's always been my biggest gripe with Joel is, you know, can he stay healthy? Um, and the fact that he's already missing games that early, not a good sign. Um, and just overall, like looking at his stats too, um, even the games that he's played, uh, like you know the other night against the Cavs, he really hasn't been as dominant as as he has in the past. Now with the Sixers, I expect a lot of you know, what's going on with their team to change. Um, like Tobias Harris is only shooting 21% from three. I expect that to change. Um, I expect Joel to, you know, get back to his regular self, but he's only, he's only averaging 19 points per game at, at the moment. Um, and that's with playing less games than a lot of the other guys on my list. So that's, that's basically why I left him out. But like I said, I'm, I'm sure he will find his way back in there before the season is over. Um, I, I, but you're going to find there actually are a little bit, uh, there's a few similarities in our list, uh, right here in the, in this next part. So number nine, I have, uh, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. You have Kawhi at nine? What's wrong with you? Be, the same thing. He, he's already missed some games, obviously with the low management and, um, just compared to these, to these other guys. Any, I don't take anything. I don't take load management to this. If you're a superstar, you should get every five, ten games off. One every five or ten games off. I don't mind that he takes it at all. It's just that he already has. So, you know, he's already missed games. And compared to these other guys that I'm going to list off, they haven't taken any time off yet. Um, I he, Now, he's still actually probably having one of his best regular seasons ever. Um, he's, he's averaging 27 points per game, which he tends to do. Um, but he's also averaging nine rebounds and seven assists, which, if you know anything about Kawhi Leonard, he is not yeah, an assist guy. Yeah, his playmaking is dramatically improved this year. And I think yeah. this is with the supporting cast he has around him. Nothing for, against your Toronto Raptors, but. No, I mean, for sure, you know, having Lou Will, Montrez Harrell, um, you know, Pat Bev, and then Paul George Shemet. is even going to be there soon. Landry Schmidt, who I love. Zubats. Definitely a strong supporting cast there in the Clippers, which is, you know, why I picked them as my number one seed in the West, just because of how deep they are. Um, so I think it's definitely helped Kawhi. Um, number eight, I have Kyrie. Basically for the same reasons you said, he's averaging 30 points per game. Um, the Nets have 
a really disappointing record, though, compared to where I thought they would be at. I still think that they're they're going to turn it around. They're going to make the playoffs. Um, but he's averaging 30 points per game. That's the most he's ever averaged. Um, 44% from the field and five rebounds, seven assists. So he he's doing a little bit of everything, and um, he's scoring a lot more than you know usual. Um, but then again, Kyrie, if you remember his first um, month with the Celtics when he first got there, he was doing the same thing, and then he kind of you know fizzled out and got back to normal. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, he already dropped a 50 burger, so that was pretty fun. Uh, number seven, I have James Harden. Basically, like the same thing you said, 38 points per game, um, eight assists, five rebounds. My problem with him is his efficiency. Uh, he's only shooting 31% from the field. Or, I'm sorry, he's shooting 41% from the field. He's only shooting 31% from three. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, then you know that you know I was picking apart I think like the first six, maybe five or six games of the season, um, he was like three for like 40-something from three. Like he was just chucking shots up, and he had only made three through like, I think it was like five games. Four. Yeah, that, that efficiency is not going to help when you're taking 13 three-pointers a game. That just doesn't help at all. Right. And he also is um, averaging almost six turnovers. Um so he still has a lot of things to clean up for me. His defense, I haven't looked much at it. I don't know if it's about the same or if he's regressed at all. Um, but, you know, watching him, he's definitely, a, to me, he's just so infuriating to watch on defense. Um, he's just, he, I, James Harden is the most infuriating player to me because I know he can score. Like what he did last night against um, uh, Clippers. Clippers. I know he can score. But he would rather look for the fouls than, you know, just be this absolute scoring machine that I know he can be. And and that's the other thing that I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on him for. He's right now he's averaging fifteen free throw attempts per game. Um so that's where most of his points are coming from, the thirty eight points per game. So I gotta take points off from from him for that. because, um, you know, there there's just other guys that are doing better with better efficiency and without the free throw attempts, you know? And I always call, I almost think of James Harden as that YMCA guy that just ISOs the whole game and then doesn't really play defense just so he can get the ball on offense and drop another bucket. Yeah, like exactly. You, you and me can like go out on the corner if James Harden was guarding us. You and me can sit in the corner and get a backdoor cut on him and get a layup. Like that's how bad his off ball defense is because he's such a bad ball watcher. Yeah. Um, and then number six, I have Damian Lillard. Uh, he's having a crazy start to the season. Although the Trailblazers are definitely not where they would want to be at, I don't think it's his fault. CJ McCollum has seemed to fall off a cliff. Uh, Hassan Whiteside is nothing compared to Joseph Nurkic. Um, but Damian Lillard, he's averaging 31 points per game, 48% from the field, seven assists, and 38% from three. He's just having a nice little start to the season. And knowing Dame, he's always that guy that, you know, was was slept on, should have made the All-Star game so many more times than he has. Um, this could be the year that if the Trailblazers get back to winning, he's a guy that could find himself um, 
maybe I, I don't think he would win, but he could find himself in the conversation for an MVP award. Um, because I could see him keeping this style play up. I know he has it in him. Yeah, Dame is actually someone I left off the list again, just mostly because of the team success. They haven't been as great this year. But yeah, like you said, he's been playing fairly good this year. I just had to leave him off the list a little bit because of the guys ahead of him who I have. Uh, their team has had a little bit more success than that they have, at least early on. Yeah, I, ha- I have a very top-heavy top five, so I, I hope – Everything makes sense when when you hear the top five, but uh, you go ahead and you Nate, you you uh, rack yours off. Yeah, so number five, of course, James Harden, um, and then number I've actually got all forwards if we want to count one of mine, but number four I've got Giannis, probably probably on his way for another MVP, and mm-hmm. number three I've got Anthony Davis. I've I've been no I've actually been surprised at how him and LeBron played together. Um, but he's just been insane so far this year. And then number two, I've got Kawhi Leonard. And then, of course, number one, I've got LeBron James. Um, LeBron, it's been interesting to see. One thing, because I've seen him a lot in the East Coast or on the Eastern Eastern Conference when he's been in the playoffs, early on in a lot of the playoff series, he's been playing de facto to a lot of his teammates. And I think that's how he's playing early on this year. He's given, He's running the offense a lot. He's bringing the ball up, initiating the offense. He's running it a lot through Anthony Davis, and I wonder if that's to, you know, get that com- get that comfortability with him, and see where he likes the ball, where he wants the ball, where he likes to shoot, and all that stuff. And I think LeBron, I know, I think you, you and uh, Chuck, t- or you and Jordan talked about it a little bit how LeBron hasn't been taking a whole lot of shots. He's averaging a lot of assists so far this year. And I think it's just mostly because he's finding out his team right now. I mean, they've got a lot new, a lot of new new faces like Danny Green. Anthony Davis, of course, Avery Bradley, uh, Dwight Howard, who's been playing really good early on this year. I think LeBron's just figuring out his supporting cast before we get into the meat of the season, which is, you know, December, January, February. And I think that's when we're going to see LeBron start to get into peak LeBron mode where he's averaging 30, you know, 37 and 7 every night. Yeah, um, I agree. LeBron has definitely been. Um, a little bit more passive this season and yeah like you said and I was talking about it with Jordan um he's basically he's done this a few times before in the past where you know it's a brand new team um I think after that that one trade deadline with the Cavs where they like flipped the entire roster uh he was being really passive at that moment he just tries to get his teammates I think their confidence up first off and yeah just kind of see you know what they like build that chemistry um but I also think that he's kind of going to be in more of that role here in the, on the Lakers now. Um, you know, point brawn, as they call him. Because um, with Anthony Davis there, I think they want him to do most of the scoring. And it's really going to be Anthony Davis's team. And LeBron is, you know, going to be more of a facilitator. Um, you say that now, now, but once we get into playoffs, you know it's going to be LeBron's team. I mean... Obviously, still having LeBron there. It's already happened a couple times already this season. Um, look at the Bulls game that just happened the other day. Um, if Anthony Davis is having a bad night, then you can just rely on LeBron. Um, so, I mean, it, I mean, it's a really good recipe for the Lakers. Um, but I have, I actually have Anthony Davis at number five, um, and LeBron at number four. 
The reason for that is um, Anthony Davis is averaging 26 points per game, 10 rebounds. Um, but he's had a couple duds, and he actually did also already, I guess, load manage, if you want to call it that. Um, last night, he missed a game. Um, LeBron, in his 15th season, this dude is averaging 23 points per game, 8 rebounds, and 11, 11 assists. So damn near triple-double. Um, like you said, he's getting his teammates involved, and the Lakers are winning, too. That's the other big thing. It's not like he's being passive and, like, they're losing games. Like, you know, they 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 have, what, two losses on the season? Yeah, um, they're 9-2 and two now as we speak. Yeah, they they have a really good start to the season. LeBron has looked amazing, and Anthony Davis has looked good. Um, number three, I have a guy who I think is going to be – an MVP candidate this year, and it's only his second season, Trey Young. What well, I know you're going there. Why? Trey mm. Young is averaging 28 points per game and seven assists. He's shooting amazing, as always, efficiently from the field, from three. Um, and the Hawks, honestly, in my eyes, are a lot better than – people thought they were going to be. You know, I think people thought they were going to be almost dead last in the East. And for a minute there, they were number one in the East. Like, and I know it's still early in the season, but they have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, and this is without John Collins, who they just lost to the 25-game suspension. Um, Trey Young has been on an absolute tear. Number two, I have the reigning MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. 30 points per game, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, 58% from the field, and 31% from three on four attempts per game. For for a guy that's really not known for his three-point shooting, he's on his way to maybe winning another MVP, or at least being in the race. Uh, he's playing ridiculous. The Bucks are still probably... Do I want to say there's a team to beat in the East? I, can't I wouldn't say, say it now. They, they don't have Chris Milton for a couple weeks. So I wouldn't say that now. And even, Chris, yeah. even Milton hasn't been playing up to par this year so far. And yeah, he, the rest of their supporting cast is not is not great. I don't think it's all that great, but it's okay. Yeah, I you're right. I think I think the Raptors are a team to be in the East. I mean, yeah, probably because they're champions and I'm a fan of them. But either way, the Bucks are obviously still – a th- big threat out there in the East. And yeah, and I'll say the 76ers. The 76ers, of course, are going to be a top four seed. They're going to get their home court advantage. But they're such a playoff team. Like, that that team is built to win the playoffs, not in the regular season. Because the regular season is all about pace, possessions, high amount of possessions, shooting threes. And then in, once you get into postseason play, it's all about defense, rebounding, and half-court basketball. And I think that's where the 76ers, their strengths are at is maybe not half-court offense, but this get the defense, their defense is going to be unreal later in the year. And, of course, they're able to rebound the ball well, which helps a lot. So, yeah, I just think I think the 76ers aren't the team to beat in the East, but they're probably going to be the best team in the East once we get to the playoffs. See, I'm a lot lower on them than a lot of other people seem to be. Uh I think their defense is great, but they are just so exploitable to me because of Ben Simmons' lack of shooting. And I don't even mean 
just not being able to make shots. The fact that he won't even attempt them, like it just would change the game entirely if he would even just attempt at least, you know, two to three threes per game. If he would even attempt five shots outside of 10 feet per game, and even if he only made one of those per game, it would still change the whole landscape of of their offense and not clog up the middle. Because he'll literally, if you watch the Sixers, he'll literally be open on the perimeter, wide open. And instead of taking the shot, he starts driving to the middle, and it just clogs up the lane because obviously he, Joel and Horford are in there. Yeah, I was about to say, and you've got Joel Mead and Al Horford. I think Tobias Harris is a sub-25% three-point shooter right now this year. And Josh Richardson's yep. not a three-point shooter. Like, they don't – that's why I thought the loss of J.J. Redick was probably the biggest loss in, out of all the Eastern Conference teams because he was probably the lone guy that you had to really worry about from behind the three-point line. Now the 76 don't really have that. They're right. Fully put, they're fully putting their chips into defense and scoring in the paint. And I don't know if that it, – it should work in the, in the playoffs, but in the playoffs, like we saw, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, such – one of the some of the better um, some of the better playoff players. Those guys can get buckets in ISO. They can get a they can create a shot in the mid range. And I don't know if any of the 76ers players can do that really. Yeah, see that's the big thing that, you know, the 76ers tried to sell themselves on this idea in the offseason that with uh, Josh Richardson they were getting basically like a discount Jimmy Butler, but he was still gonna be good enough and he was gonna shoot lights out from three um, and that's just not who he is. And do I think he will be better in the future? Yes. I mean, right now he's been bad. Um, but I think his three-point shooting will they they it will improve. I think Tobias Harris's three-point shooting will improve. But they do not have a guy that is lights out like JJ Redick. Like you said, JJ Redick is half the reason that they were in a lot of those playoff games against the Toronto Raptors. And I'm not just saying that as a Raptors fan. He was really outscoring Ben Simmons on a nightly basis. Ben Simmons really had one game where he did well, and it was that blowout win in Philadelphia when Joel did the airplane and all that. That was really the only game that Ben Simmons made a difference um, offensively. Defensively, he was great. They had him on Kawhi Leonard, and, and you know I think he did a good job, all things considered. But if you look at at the the game six and the game seven against the Raptors, they they literally took Ben Simmons off the court on mm-hmm. offensive possessions because he's such a liability. Their closer in the playoffs was Jimmy Butler, a guy that you know you you can trust to be a closer. Who do you trust right now to be the closer on the Philadelphia 76ers? You can't really trust Joel and Al Horford, you know, as bigs like. You know, you need a guy facing, that can hit. Facing just can, doesn't work that way. Right. You need a guy that can create a shot on a three-point line. That's really what it comes down to. Or just create a shot in general, you know, off the dribble. Um, that's half the reason, you know, being a Raptors fan, that's what sent us over the top. When DeMar DeRozan was there, he could not create a shot, you know, in those crunch time situations where you need a big shot. He's not the guy. He, he can't do it. He, I mean, he can't even shoot from three. When we got Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, he can do that. Jimmy Butler, he can do that. Who can do that right now for the 76ers? Well, I'll I, tell you this. Josh Richardson right now in 2019 is shooting 28% from three-point line. His second worst 
33% back in 2016. So he is him and Tobias have really struggled from behind the three-point line early on. Yeah, Tobias is shooting 21% from three. He went 0 for 11 the other night. And like I said, I think he'll get better, but I don't I don't see them as a finals contender like other people do. And I and I was going to bring up Ben Simmons versus Giannis because I think, you know, once LeBron, you know, gets past his prime, because I still think he's in his prime, but, you know, there's going to have to be that next guy like LeBron James, and I think it's either going to be Giannis or Ben Simmons. And that, ever since the playoffs of last year, I said whoever can get a consistent three-point shot where you shoot one of three a game, 33%, shoot like three a game, whoever gets that down first in their game is going to be the next big player. And obviously right now, at least Giannis is trying to shoot threes. I'd much rather a guy shoot one of seven from the three-point line. If you've got if you got them two, I'd much rather a guy shoot one of seven than not shoot any threes at all because at least you hit that one, and now teams are like, oh, well, he can shoot a little bit. We might have to worry about him a little bit, and that just helps create more spacing. Yeah, I mean, he, he actually hits a few too, which is, you know, great for – a guy his size and and all the other things he can already do on the court. You know he's a Greek freak and a beast. I, I love I love good shooting, but his shot it makes me like cringe and look away though. It, how his shot yeah. goes up and it's up and out, and it's not up and sh- it's not up straight up. It's up and out, and it kind of arches his back, and I'm just like, oh, this is tough to watch, yeah. and it takes forever to get up. Yeah, he shoots with a backpack on like Draymond Green, almost. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't jump as high as Draymond, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but all that being said, you said, you know, you need somebody that's going to be – or who's going to be the next LeBron. My number one, I think this is the guy – now, obviously, we haven't seen Zion Williamson play yet. So, I mean, I mean, let's – you know, who knows what's going to happen there. But this guy, my number one, the best player in the league right now, I think he's the future of the NBA. Luka Doncic, this dude is playing incredible, incredible basketball. And he's only 20 years old. He is averaging 28 points per game, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists. He's almost averaging a triple-double, and he is in his second season. Um, and he's shooting incredibly well from the field, too. Shoots incredibly well. That step back is so dangerous. Um, the way he just... The way he drives the floater, the way he finishes shots, he can—he really just can do everything. And, and he makes it look so easy. He looks like I. He makes it. He makes me think I can go out there and get a triple double on the NBA court. Yeah, he's a—he's a fucking European white dude with a supercuts haircut. Like, and, it, and the one thing that's helped him, he came in shape this year. Last year he was—he was pretty bad out of shape, and now this year, you see what's going on. And and I think. Adding Kristaps Porzingis obviously helps a lot, and you've got a good coach in Rick Carlisle. But him get him coming into this season in shape has, and he, he's reaped the benefits of it so far. Yeah, I think I think you're right on the Porzingis. Um, Porzingis was a guy I wanted to put in here, but his stats really haven't lived up much to uh, the name so far. I'm worried about his post game, if we're being honest. Because when yeah. if you run. Because uh, Doncic is your three man, but sometimes you put guards on him. When you run that Doncic Porzingis pick and roll, teams easily just switch that, and Porzingis struggles to score on guards in the post. And that's something that really bothers me about post players now in the NBA. They a lot of them struggle to score 
uh, in the post against smaller players. And it, it bothers me because I'm a post player too, but it's just like when you get when you're seven foot tall and you've got a guy that's six five or six six on you, you should be able to take two power dribbles and then do a drop step or do a post hook. And most most of the bigs either catch it on elbow and do a one dribble fadeaway, or they do a turnaround or a pull up or turnaround jump shot, or they just pass it back out to the wing. And uh, that's just kind of my gripe about post players that can't score over guards because I've seen it so often with Miles Turner with the Pacers. Yeah, no, I I I get what you're saying, but Porzingis, I I do think that he will. Um, you know, he missed all last season. He is still getting back into the swing of things. Uh, he was still averaging like 17 points per game or something like that. Shooting incredible from three for a power forward. Uh, if, if you've watched his shot, he can literally off the dribble shoot threes from deep. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, great defender, obviously, at the rim. And I, you know, as long as Przingis stays healthy, Luka and Przingis, I think they could be the th- the third best duo in the West. Um this year, honestly, just all things considered, you know, the way the West has shaped out with, with you know, injuries and stuff. I think Anthony Davis and LeBron, obviously that duo is is what it is. Kawhi and Paul George is probably going to be crazy. Um, but I think Luka and Porzingis, they are an extremely dangerous duo um, put together. Um and, you know, I, I, you know, who, you know, who else, what other duo in the West would really, would be in that top three? I guess Russell and Harden could be up there. Um, yeah, but they really haven't been using Russell Westbrook a whole lot. And he's exactly. Shooting like, shooting like 21% from three. I know he's not a three-point shooter, but like, that's just bad. Like, terrible. Mm-hmm. You can say um, Dame, you can say Dame and CJ McConnell. I love them too as a backcourt, but like you said, CJ hasn't been playing great as of so far. And neither has the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, CJ hasn't been playing great, and the the sad thing about CJ, if he's not scoring, he's kind of I don't want to say useless, but he's not. Yeah, he has no you know, effect in the game, basically. Yeah, he's not as effectful as as is being shown right now with the Trailblazers on why they're losing, because um, he hasn't been able to score. Um, so yeah, I mean that's my top two. Yeah, I got Luke, Luca, and this is just like I said, mine is more of like currently where where we are at in the NBA. Um, we could come back and do this list again in a month and it would probably be all different. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I'm a little sh- surprised you have Luka Doncic as number one. I think that's a bit knee-jerk, but, like, like you said, he's been in Showtime this year. I watched that game against the Lakers, and that was a fun matchup between him and LeBron. Hopefully we get that for the next few years, but, um, it was pretty interesting. We actually had a lot of players on our list. Um, I thought we would be a little bit more different just because I haven't been able to watch a lot of the entire NBA. But, yeah, we had a lot of players on our list. Uh, I think maybe – I don't think you had Nikola Jokic or Paul George or Ben Simmons in there. But, I mean, yeah, basically our top ten was basically the same, just different organized. Yeah, Nik- Nikola, um, he's disappointed me a lot – this season uh the nuggets are still winning games though they're doing pretty well out there um i just he looks kind of out of shape kind of out of shape is a is a compliment for him yeah and uh he's still been like decent i just expected a lot more um 
you know, I, he, 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 I always said he was the best passing big man in, in the league. Um, I still think that's true, but I, I don't know. He's just been disappointing so far this season. Um, now, that being said, if we had done a list of, like, going into the season, he'd probably be up there. Um, you know, Jimmy oh, yeah, Butler would missing, be up there. Yeah, we're missing, we're missing Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant. I mean, we're yeah. missing a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of guys that are injured right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's who I have so far. Um, I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna get in a few debates with some people online about it once this, once, once we put this out. But uh, I don't care. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Discussion is always great. Yeah. Um. So Sam, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. Dude, no problem. Like I say, you're my first guest, so I really appreciate it. And um, I'll talk to you soon, man. All right, cool. See you.